0: So you
1: Buddy, and welcome back to The Atheist Experience. I am Russell Glasser, and sitting next to me today is, honestly, my favorite co-host, oh. Linnea Glasser.
2: Oh, thank you. Hey. Good to, have, good to be here. Yeah.
1: Good to see you back. It's been a long time. Uh, now, I should mention, uh, we ha- originally had a guest on the schedule, uh, Noel George, who is the executive director of the Foundation Beyond Belief. Noelle had to call in sick today, and uh, we're all very sorry about that. Uh, The Foundation Beyond Belief is a great organization, and you should check them out still. But uh, substituting for her now, we've got Linnea, so... Uh, Today is Sunday, July 9th, 2017. We are a live call-in, internet-based atheist TV show broadcasting from Austin, Texas, dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. You can catch us live every Sunday on YouTube or on Ustream.tv. The official Atheist Experience website is www.atheist-experience.com. You can provide feedback by commenting on the official show blog at freethoughtblogs.com slash AXP. Email us at tv at atheist-community.org. Join the Atheist Experience official discussion group on Facebook, Um and you can also participate in a live chat on YouTube while the show is running. If you enjoy this show, you should also check out the related podcast, The Nonprofits, currently airing on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. You can find links at the Atheist Experience website. We have a YouTube channel for the nonprofits too. Uh, please like it and subscribe it. And while you're at it, if you're watching this show on YouTube, you should like and subscribe that too. As always, the cast and crew of The Atheist Experience will be going to dinner after the show at Star of India at 2900 West Anderson Lane. We'll arrive around 6.15 p.m. or so. Uh, Next month is August, and late August, the Austin Pride Festival is happening, and the Atheist Community of Austin is going to have a booth there, so feel free to stop by. Alright, well that's the regular announcements. I want, I understand Linnea has a topic, but I'm going to get to that in a second. First, I just want to say to the listening audience out there on the other side of the screen, yeah. you, yes, you are awesome. <laughs> uh, specifically, okay, so, uh, I'm the president of the Atheist Community of Austin right now. And uh, the ACA is a nonprofit organization that does have uh, a fair number of a fair amount of operating expenses, uh, and like we have a TV studio. How cool is that? <laughs> um, we also do a lot of other things. We do social stuff. and um, so, for the this year you may remember uh, at the end of last year we promoted a survey and some of that was gathering information about uh things we can do as an effective uh uh media business and uh social organization and nonprofit and one of the findings was that we can just ask people for money oh. and i was like oh, i'm sorry i was like that's crazy what, who would give us money the alternative that we came up with was basically uh, having some advertisements during the show, so that we, it would be like we would come on the show and we would be like, "Hey, we love so and so razors or whatever," which is have annoying. You, have
2: you heard of Blue Apron?
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a freebie. Don't don't just give that
2: away. <laughs> but I'm not saying you should use right. it. I'm just asking. Have you? What is that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Thing? Oh, (laughs) no, I haven't heard of them. Please tell me more. (laughs)
2: Okay, no, no, we're Um, not doing that.
1: Yeah, but we wouldn't ask you for money just because, like, we have operating expenses, and this year we found out we had, like, a $14,000 budget shortfall, which sounds worse than it is. There are things we can do to deal with it, but we. But for the first time last week, we just asked you for some money, and you freaking gave it to us. Which is amazing. There were 186 people out there who gave us uh, a total of $4,194. Thank you, guys. Uh, we need it. <laughs> Nobody's pocketing the money. We're actually using it to do things like uh, upgrade our studio, upgrade our website, uh better hopefully better promote the atheist experience uh which which helps uh get get more callers in the future um, and so there's there's one of those cheesy little thermometers right there uh but if you're watching on YouTube then uh there's a button right there oh well oh, yeah. It's covered up by the, by the thermometer. But you know somewhere around there, in your upper right side of the screen, there's a donate button and if you feel Wait, like
2: at the top or...
1: it is actually their right, but it is my it, left.
2: It's their right and our left.
1: Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, if you wanna, I'm not gonna bug you about it all the time, but we really appreciate your donations and I'll shut up about that now. Yeah. Uh, what's on your mind, Lanham? Well, how what? can
2: I follow that up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. such a great PBS-style pitch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's what PBS does all the time. Hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, we we certainly don't want to necessarily do that. But topic I would like to talk about today is Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Oh, and I know
2: that. You know, not very many people in the ACA play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, atheists
1: aren't nerds, yeah
2: <laughs> No, no, uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's a certain religious kind of unease, I will say, uh, to put it mildly, uh, around Dungeons and Dragons, especially when it first came out. And I think that, you know, uh, as to be expected, a lot of that is to deal with the source material that kind of treats... Uh, m- demons and you know monsters very casually, and makes it into a game. And they don't like that. They don't like so, you know uh, treating treating such heinous creatures so casually.
1: Uh, if I can just say you know, though, I think they probably took like twenty years to catch on to the Dungeons and Dragons trend. So now that it's a good bit later, I think they're realizing that Mortal Kombat exists. Give them, them like, ten more years and they'll notice Doom.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, (laughs) now that Doom's come out with with, uh, the improved graphics, I was talking to Russell. Yeah. uh, That game's really
1: good, by the way. Doom
2: 2016. (laughs) And uh, I was asking him, you know, what what do you think Dante thinks about these graphics? (laughs) Like, do you think uh, Dante, if he saw the, uh, the hell portrayed in Doom, whether he would be like, oh, yeah, you guys nailed it. That's what hell looks like. (laughs)
1: How did you guys get it so accurate?
2: Yeah. So I I think they don't like that. But I think, and this is just hypothesis, Mm -hmm. not theory, because, you know, I haven't haven't uh, tested or, you know, examined this at all.
1: You haven't shown people a let's play of Doom and see how the fundamentalists react?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Doom, but getting back to Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, yeah,
1: sorry. Getting... Didn't mean to derail.
2: Uh, I, th- I think that, you know, part of what they also didn't like, you know, a lot of people tried to defend it and say, no, I, I roleplay as a paladin or I roleplay as a cleric. You know, this is me expressing myself... Uh, as a holy person, as someone with, uh, with devout intentions, and that didn't really help. And I personally think that that didn't help because what Dungeons and Dragons does is it creates a system where clerics can actually do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so in Dungeons and Dragons, faith healing works. And it works in a very specific measurable way.
1: Oh, you think it makes them look bad? It makes it it makes them look
2: I mean in in the Dungeons and Dragons world, what you do what you have is a system where you can test faith healing. You can say, okay, here are the clerics (laughs) that have been claimed to be faith healers. Let's test, you know, when they say they cast a healing word, what does that mean? And they could come up and, you know, reverse engineer and come up with, well, they end up healing for some reason, uh, 4 plus 1d8, you know, or whatever the amount is, of... Uh, worth of damage to a person whenever they cast this healing spell. Yeah, I don't know what healing uh,
1: five hit points looks like in real life, but it's got to be pretty impressive. Like, you could have a gaping wound on your body and it would be like...
2: Yeah, it stitches (laughs) back together. It is a measurable improvement, a measurable change. And not just measurable, but consistently (laughs) measurable. And you can can reverse engineer. All right, well, you can only cast... These kind of spells at this level per day, you know, only these levels of spells are above can regrow limbs. I mean, which it, current preachers, none of them can regrow limbs. <laughs> if,
1: if the amazing Randy saw a Faith Healer doing that in real life, he'd be like, Psh, here you go, here's your million dollars.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, beyond just, oh, there's demons, oh, beyond there's, there's monsters, there's evil creatures, you get to, you role play as evil creatures maybe. I think that there's also the danger in that here's a world where these things are real, where the gods are real, and they have tangible effects on the world because they affect change. You know, they, they imbue actual powers to their clerics, to their paladins, uh, to their, I don't know if there's any other holy classes other than clerics and paladins. I mean, I guess druids get blessed, so I don't want to leave out so. pagans, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but the, the, that's a problem for these real life preachers where they try to cast spells; it doesn't have effects. And like, I, you I know, I
1: microphone just uh, got knocked loose or something.
2: Oh no, no, I think I think my wait,
1: is that my on. headphones? Then am I good? Keep talking. Okay. Well, they'll yell it's, at you, if you. No,
2: it's just it's just. Uh, I'm sorry. My own on. earbuds are not working with me today. Yeah. So so clerics clerics work in Dungeons and Dragons. Paladins work in Dungeons and Dragons, and that's threatening to to Christian people. And I feel like that's you know got gotta be uncomfortable. And I feel like that leads them to a place where they feel vaguely uncomfortable about this system. They feel vaguely uncomfortable about this world, and they don't know why. Uh, it just kind of rubs them the wrong way and kind of you know forces them into a place where they have to deal with these inconsistencies. Uh, and so they kind of just fall on the edge of, not going to think about it, I just don't like this game, this is an old and holy game, bad game, don't play it. <laughs> so that's my... you know hypothesis totally unfounded or whatever but
1: uh, yeah about dungeons and dragons that that's interesting and well said i have wondered a lot why Mm -hmm. like christians specifically choose to go after harry potter but don't like seem to be particularly bothered by lord of the rings for instance i mean as far as yeah. I know, like I've, I know that Tolkien is a Christian, and I feel like they don't go after C.S. Lewis for his Narnia stuff either, which is one big metaphor for Christianity. Uh, but I'm not sure, like what the what the algorithm is for figuring out if something is a threat or not.
2: Yeah, well, Lord of the Rings, I think that that might just be one of those things. that's like it's so old that. <laughs> Well, it's just from my generation. Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, Makes sense. Uh, All right. Well, we are ready to go to callers today, and uh, we are going to start with King in Alaska. Hello, King. Hi, Russell. Hi, uh, Linnea. What's up?
2: Hi.
3: Well, um... Uh, my question is, uh, I don't know if you guys are even old enough to know about this, but uh, back in the 1980s, there was a fellow named Richard Yao, and he started an organization called Fundamentalist Anonymous.
1: Not familiar and, with now,
3: him. I was wondering if you know anything about them and why he didn't hook up with Madeleine Murray O'Hare at the time, because from what I understand, um Jerry Falwell and others like him pretty much stamped that organization out and pretty much put them out of business. And I was wondering, did you ever face any kind of pressure like that?
1: I don't. I don't know that atheist groups pressure each other out of business. I think that uh, atheists are a very small minority and they're very hard to. They have a no, very hard atheists, time. Not
3: not atheists pressuring. Uh, other atheists out of business, I mean, guys like Jerry Falwell and oh. Pat Robertson pushing against, because that's what they, they, they Jerry Falwell and uh, others started this
1: really extreme campaign to put Richard Yao and a fundamentalist. Anonymous side of I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, so a lot of what is at work there is that it's hard for atheists to get the message out because they are such a small group, and because like a lot of people want to be closeted about being atheists. Uh, it's uh-huh. gotten a lot easier because of the internet. People can find each other without outing themselves necessarily. Back in the 80s, it was probably harder to get the critical momentum up to get things going. Like, you know, I may be, uh, I don't think I'm too young to have heard of a movement in the 80s. I've been an atheist most of my life. But I haven't heard Mm -hmm. of this guy, and I've heard of a lot of other atheists. So maybe he just didn't. You haven't heard of it, or you have heard of it? Have not.
3: Oh, Okay. Well, he appeared on shows like um, Brian Gumbel's show, and he debated Jerry Falwell. And um, okay. uh, I think Jerry Falwell saw him as a threat. And I, I, I didn't. I always wonder why he uh, this. He never allied himself with uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare because I'm pretty sure he would have gotten support from her.
1: Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know.
2: Uh, so it, it, it sounds like an interesting. Uh, part of you know atheist history, and now it has entered a sort of uh, you know a verbal history. Now that it's <laughs> mentioned on the atheist experience show, um, uh-huh. yeah, there's there's a lot of historical things that sometimes oh, oh, end by up the getting the. On the screen,
3: oh, I'm sorry. What, would you, what did you say? I didn't. I interrupted you. I
2: was I was just saying that you know that sometimes these historical things. Uh, the historical roots of movements fall through the cracks, and uh, Yeah, I'm surprised you, know, it's you never heard
3: of him. Because, yeah, I'm surprised you never heard of him because he was interviewed. He was interviewed by Phil Donahue, and
1: uh, yeah, the I mean, of, I'm the old enough of, to remember that Phil Donahue had a show. I'm not. I'm not old enough to have actually watched it at the time. I was too busy watching He-Man back then. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, he meant the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe maybe he 80s. was too into Dungeons and Dragons, and that's why Jerry Falwell went after him so hard. Uh Actually, I I tried
3: Dungeons and Dragons when I was in college, and, and uh, for some reason I just couldn't get into it. Uh, I noticed you spelled Juno wrong. I can see it on the screen. Oh well, uh, I I didn't,
1: <laughs> but
2: uh, <laughs> oh, throw uh, the team under the bus.
1: Right. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, well, it's it's E A U, right? Right. Correct.
3: Also, uh, I just want to tell you guys, you've been doing a great job. I've been watching your show for the last two or three years, and uh, I tried to call in several times, and this is uh, the second time I've been able to get through. The first time I spoke to Matt Dillahunty briefly
1: for like 10 seconds at the very end of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that'll happen. Congratulations on uh, making it on this time. Yep. Uh, and thanks for anyway, calling.
3: Yeah,
1: You're welcome. Keep All up right. the good work. Thank you very much. See you later. Uh, we are going next to Jason in New Mexico.
4: Hey, thank you for taking my call. How are you guys doing today? Hi,
1: Jason. Good Great. to hear from you.
4: But hey, I just, uh, my question was, um, uh, I'm, a, I'm religious, I'm a Christian, uh, but the question I had is, I had a discussion, or argument, if you want, with a friend of mine, and uh, he's an atheist, uh, and I just, I'm not sure, and you know, I was trying to understand his position there, uh, to kind of make a long story short, we boiled it down, you know, based on evidence, and we got to a point, I guess, we reached an impasse where I can't, quote-unquote, prove the existence of God, he can't prove that God does not exist. I uh, suggest that I call into to you guys, so that's kind of what we're stuck with in our argument at this point. Uh, you know, I offered up the Bible as evidence, but he did not uh, give me, uh, you know, he did not uh, accept that as evidence, which I, you know, I understand to a part. But, um, you know, the real question is then, you know, I asked him, well, then can you disprove the existence of God? And uh, he was able to do that as well. So I want to see what you guys had to say about that.
2: You want to take this? <laughs> uh, so well, let me adjust my Sorry. levels because no. I just want to be clear. So y- you believe in God, and you've you've tried to uh, to use the Bible as evidence, and he didn't accept that.
4: Uh, that's just one of the things. Yes.
2: Okay. Um, have you asked him like what sort of evidence he would accept?
4: Well. You know, he kind of gave me something, uh, more along the lines of, uh, he, you know, basically, I'm not really just said, can I, if there is a God that God must know, that God must know what, uh, what would convince me I mean, that God is not, that God has not convinced me at this time.
2: Okay. Well, uh, let's, let's make it a little easier than, um, maybe since he, it sounds like he was a little elusive on that answer. Um. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's pick another religion, and what would it take for you to believe that that religion was true? You
1: want to pick one? Uh. Uh, let's
2: let's let's be nice to druids since I was mean to them earlier. <laughs> druids.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Dra- if
2: uh, you know if there if you know some El- ancient Celtic you know druid religion was true. Uh, what would it take for you to believe that that was the case?
1: Like what What do they believe? Like we got Sam Hain, the Lord of the Dead, stuff yeah, like that. Got, Is that what fairy, they believe in?
2: We got some, you know, one, fairies yeah. and and spirits and, uh, you know, all all ghosts wandering around. What What would it take for you to believe that? At least part of that was true.
4: That, I don't know. That's a great question. I'm not entirely sure what it takes for me to believe that. Um, that's a really good question. So, I guess it came down to we weren't really yeah. talking about because we we got into that as well as well you know which God do you believe in you know what 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 heaven what hell uh, you know but I talked you know and I kind of we talked about it more of
2: intrinsically is
4: um, you know just a God in general you know I just have a hard time believing as well as formed like I I told him I did nothing and we got into that discussion
1: so but, you know, it kind of it made, sounds. It it sounds like uh, you were frustrated that uh, you offered the Bible as an example of uh, evidence or proof, and you were maybe frustrated that he didn't accept the word of the Bible as something that demonstrates that God is real. And I think that maybe that is something, a way that Christians and atheists sometimes talk past each other, because um, I, I... feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but as a Christian, sure. you've always started with the uh, uh, given information that the Bible is divinely inspired and everything that it says is true or at least based on some kind of divine inspiration, right?
4: Sure. I mean, I I, I do believe that. I do yeah. Believe that, to some degree. I mean, not to get into too much of the Bible, but... What's the reality in that? I mean, I know it was copied over time. Uh, I know that uh, during the Dark Ages, basically, whatever people wore were monks, uh, so or the aristocracy.
1: Well, so sure, time, sure, I but
4: um, certain t- interpretations were made.
1: Yeah, but that, that's all details. And I think what what you may have a hard time with is putting yourself in the shoes of an atheist who. Like, let's say even that we had perfect knowledge that the Bible is uh, exactly as written in the past and everything it says is just what it used to say at all points in history. Even then... When you're talking to an atheist, you're not dealing with somebody who believes that it was divinely inspired. And so it's like you're just introducing this book of Samhain or, you know, this book from the Druids and saying, look, it says here in this book that that uh, these tree spirits are real or <laughs> yeah. whatever they do. Yeah. Um, and atheists are like, yeah, it says that. So you you see what I mean? Sure, no.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I and, and I think we, uh, in our argument, we got past that point where, you know, we, you know, okay, let's take, let's remove the Bible completely. I guess my, my biggest thing was,
3: mm-hmm. I, I
4: don't know if I can believe that, uh, you know, we, we went all the way back to the Big Bang, if you will, and it's like, okay, that's how life started. It's like, well, you know, to me, I don't feel that that uh, explains everything. Uh, and so, and he said, well, maybe we just don't know at this time. I said, okay, well, sure. And uh, but I still, you know, my thing was, well, that doesn't just prove God, though. Just because we don't have an answer doesn't disprove God. And doesn't, his argument was it doesn't prove God. And so that's kind of where we ended up in the conversation, is where he was unable to disprove the existence of God. And, you know, something that I was unable, according to him, to prove the existence of God. Um, and so and then I said, well, if you believe in the Big Bang, is that kind of taking that on faith? Which he accused me of saying, believing in God is faith. Okay. The state tells you nothing about the truth, so we're kind of in that impasse. Yeah.
2: I, I think that that's a good and normal place to get stuck in, and it's it it takes a lot of work, I would say, to kind of get past that. If, if I could change it from, like, Druids to ancient Greeks and Romans, um <laughs> Let's let's pretend that we're in ancient Greece or ancient Rome and uh someone says, "Well, uh you know, how how does lightning happen? You know, there there is these giant thunderbolts from the sky." Uh and one person says, "Well, gods are throwing down those lightning bolts." And another person says, "I don't think it's god that's throwing down those lightning bolts, but I don't I just don't know what those things are." Like you you know does does that make sense that you you could be in a place where you just don't know a thing, but you're okay with saying, well, I don't think that it's necessarily from a god, even though I have no idea what is causing lightning. I, right, I'm like, just willing to say, oh, okay, beyond me, I don't I don't know what's causing it, but something is causing it, and we'll maybe figure it out eventually. But who even knows?
1: Yeah, because right. and then, the, the amount of stuff that we knew back then about lightning in particular is a lot less than we know now. Uh, but if you were going to guess that it was Zeus hammering them on a forge and throwing them on Earth manually, you'd have been wrong. So yeah. the fact that sure. people don't know about a thing doesn't mean that some default answer that you come up with is automatically worthy of consideration. Sure. No, I
2: understand that. that-
4: we talked about it as well. He said that uh, you know, religion was probably created for uh, two specific reasons. One to explain things we couldn't explain, like say, you know, what did you know? You saw a tornado three thousand years ago. You have no way explaining that's so a high and low pressure system meeting causing that happening. And then he said the other thing is we're the only creature on this planet capable of realizing our own mortality. So
2: he says it was probably. Oh, that's created that's a bit of a claim. Of- yeah. <laughs>
4: well, you know, they talked about, he talked, well, and I brought that up. I said, you know, dogs come in when they die, and elephants go to an elephant graveyard. But, you know, he brought up a point and said if, you know, you have a gun or a carrot to uh, you know, like, say, a cow's head, we wouldn't know the difference. Uh, but a human being certainly would no matter if that human being spoke a different language or not. And he said that religion was probably construct created because we can't accept the fact that this is it. And I said, maybe that's, maybe that's a point of it, but uh, maybe that's the whole point of why we are special. special. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I, I'm an atheist, and I don't, I don't like the fact that we got mortality. That this is it. That's horrible. It's, I don't even. I don't have a solution to that. I don't know if it's horrible. I think it's horrible. Yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's pretty horrible, and I and I I I hate it. So. I wish, there were, I wish it wasn't the case.
1: Right. But, I mean, I will say, obviously, you and we are not going to resolve thousands of years of theological debates in a few minutes of uh, phone conversations. But well, I, well, I would like to, I sure. mean, I'm, I'm going to credit you because your conversation with your friends sounds a lot more constructive and civil than a lot of other conversations that I've heard on the same topic and so thank you for for being uh, uh, forthright about it
4: sure no I just like I said it's kind of where we left off and uh, you know you guys I think you got a good decent answer and, and it kind of comes down to that uh, you know kind of belief in a certain degree uh, to a point that, uh, but he has some good points that uh, I remember, you know made me think a little bit uh, right. but um, so kind of, that is another thing he said is that it's so ingrained in you that, uh, you know, you could just be uh, a better life more brainwashed in a sense. So that may be, that may be right. true because that's all I ever know. He said, uh, what happens if you were born, you know, in another place on earth? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you know, what if you're born in the Middle East? You'd be a Muslim. I said, well, probably it would be. That's probably true. He said, if you lived, uh, you know, 4,000 years ago in Egypt, you'd probably be worshiping raw. That's probably another good point.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's true. And I mean, just to make sure this doesn't go unsaid, like you mentioned earlier that uh, he can't prove that there isn't a God and you can't prove that there is one. Uh, And you are treating those two points as if they're equal. But really, for most other things in life, I mean, for... Uh, for Zeus or ancient aliens or whatever, I assume that you apply a certain amount of skepticism and take the default position to be, well, I don't have a reason to believe this right now, so I'm not going to believe it. And that's basically what atheism is. Uh, and I don't think that the D- default believing stuff people tell you just because it's in a particular book somewhere is a policy that you'd follow if it weren't for the fact that you were raised that way
4: that's a good point it's a good point well i thank you guys for your time today i, I really appreciate you taking the call and uh I'll, uh I'll make sure you i guess there's a video of it i'll make sure you Take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, uh, thanks a lot. Great call, Jason. And, uh, you know, if you have any other thoughts, then uh, feel free to call back any other Sunday.
2: Yeah.
1: Thank you. See ya. Bye.
2: If you would like more calls like that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you, you going to plug the money again? I said I wouldn't do that. Oh, did you?
2: <laughs> well, we're, we're still raising donations. Wing. <laughs>
1: Nice, oh, there we let, go. and the there graphic we go. appeared Your wink is magic
2: Magical wink, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's important That's
1: why I married you <laughs> Uh Let's see, so back to Josh in Missouri now Oh, I'm on Oh, <laughs> yeah, you replaced somebody else who's been on longer But go ahead now that you're on Oh
5: Okay, well, uh, to whom am I speaking today? This is Russell.
2: And this is Linnea Glasser.
5: Both Glasser. Uh, I did have a question about something uh, Matt said a while, a few episodes ago, well, last month. Maybe you can clear up for me. Um, There was a theist caller who said that he would uh, believe in God uh, until proven otherwise, or something like that. And Matt said that that was an expropriation of the burden of proof. I'm not sure I understand that. Do you think you can elucidate
1: um it's not so much a formal rule as a general principle of skepticism, which is that if you are approaching a question that, you've, that you're hearing for the first time, uh, then the thing to do is not commit to believing in, t- uh, in it until okay. you have a solid reason to believe. So um, we were just saying to the last caller, and he said it was a good point, that uh, it's not really an equal position to say you can't prove there is a God or you can't prove there isn't a God. Uh, because normally, if something is outside the experience of your everyday life, uh, you shouldn't just jump to the conclusion that it is true, you should wait pending further evidence. And that's what we call the burden of proof. We basically say that if somebody makes a claim that there is something that is true, they need a reason for it. And an example... um, the amount of proof that you need is kind of dependent on the, uh, unusualness of the claim, which is why you might hear things like, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, and the, uh, well, and the quality of your evidence should be based on that. So, for instance, one sure, of the and things-
5: that says Hitchin's razor.
1: Right. So, yeah. one of the things I say often is like, if I say it rained every day in Seattle last week, you might be inclined to just believe me and you wouldn't even need to look it up. But if I say it rained every day in the Sahara Desert last week, you might say, really? I got to check that out. Let me see some weather reports. It's that sort of thing that leads us to say that uh, the, the assumption that God exists, which is a, a huge bundle of assumptions, requires more than just somebody's word for it or some words written in an old book.
5: Okay, yeah. Um all right, that pretty much uh that's a pretty good uh way to I I think I understand now. Oh. Um I also <laughs> noticed that uh the ACA president is conspicuously uh absent from the Facebook of the uh face experience Facebook. Do so you just not wanna get in on that? Uh
1: what do you mean absent? Uh he's, oh, supposed- he's just not in there. You mean you mean uh, the atheist experience uh, website doesn't mention me as president? No, I mean uh, I, I'm sorry. I meant uh, or I'm not putting out Phil enough is, messaging to people.
5: <laughs> I meant uh, Phil's picture. Phil's not in the picture for the uh, banner. Oh. That's what I meant.
1: Oh, um, well. I mean, the atheist community of Austin is a group effort, and I happen to be the president right now. But I don't want this to be a cult of personality or anything. Uh, you right. know, for other for one thing, if it was a cult of personality, other people might be the, might be the personality instead of me, and I would hate that. But <laughs> but uh, we. Uh, we think that uh, the whole thing is a team effort. We're always uh, l- like having guests and new hosts, and there are lots of crew behind the scenes that make things work, and a board of directors that deal with things that you never see. And so I just committees. don't want to make it about me. Yeah, committees. The mm-hmm. committees are very important.
5: Right. That's a- uh, I, just, oh. I just meant that, uh, Phil uh, Sessions uh, in, in the picture. And uh, the banner, which is, like, what I was just kind of joking about.
1: The banner of the atheist experience does have me on it, I think.
2: We can, we can double-check it.
1: Yeah. So oh. I, I wanted so, uh, to,
2: to add one thing to your question, your oops. original question, while he's, I guess, checking that out, maybe, uh, um, which is that y- you're specifically talking to your one friend about this issue, uh, and... You know, your friend is saying this is the this is what I want to stop believing, and uh, I think it's an important next step to say, well, you know, why why is that important to you? And, and kind of you, you can prevent, present you know the evidence that uh, can maybe counter their belief, and you know push them into the non-belief. But uh, you know, a- asking them why kind of puts them in a position where they self-examine those own things and maybe come to those same conclusions themselves. Worth, worth additionally doing.
1: I agree. I, think, I always think that promoting critical thinking and skepticism is a more important priority than just promoting the uh, conclusion that there's no God.
2: One, one of our uh, audience <laughs> members is holding up our skepticism is a virtue uh sticker, yeah. I think.
1: He, he really wants us to... Uh, it yeah. looks like a postcard. Yes, postcard. skepticism is a virtue. Yes. Alright.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All yeah. Right. yeah, we, we uh, rubber banded a little bit on that topic.
5: It, yeah, yeah. Um, I also wanted to uh, kind of compliment Tracy uh, because there was an episode where she was talking to her well, what she calls her past self, and uh, well, hold, just, hold on, hold on,
2: you, wait, whoa. wait, wait, I got to put on my Tracy disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take my hair out, and it'll uh, it'll be what? all wavy. Oh, I'm Tracy. Uh, oh no, you're doing the Tracy disguise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm Tracy. Um, I can pass on Tracy. your
1: compliment to Tracy, yeah. but uh, but she's not here right now. So and oh, I'm
5: just hoping. I'm just hoping that she'll hear the episode, and, uh, yeah. or maybe you pass it on. She
1: and, may uh, or may not, maybe. but go on.
5: All right, well, uh, there was an episode where she was talking to her, well, what she called her past self, like I said. And uh, I just really admire how she was able to it so eloquent, despite being so anno- visibly annoyed by this person's uh, claims.
1: Yeah. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. I like Tracy too, and uh, based on some recent discussion about shows stuff, uh, you might be seeing more of her in the future. So, teaser.
2: I like Tracy too because she's me. <laughs> <Is> that? <laughs> <no>.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: it didn't work. I don't think.
5: All right. Well, that's all I had. Uh, thank you. Uh, keep okay. Guys, uh, keep doing what you do. Uh, thanks. Bye.
2: All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. What do we got?
1: Andy in Nebraska. Hey guys, how's
6: it going today? Fine, thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Uh, So, uh, step a little backstory of my question. Uh, I'm an atheist and I am uh, gay. And uh, I was recently in a relationship with a Catholic guy, which the cognitive dissonance required for that is beyond me, but that's. A totally different question. Uh, But uh, basically, there was a lot of tension in the relationship because, uh, you know, we had such opposing views. And I was wondering uh, if you guys thought it's feasible for atheists and atheists to maintain a uh, relationship like that and if you have any tips regarding that
1: man i gotta tell you you called on the right day because over analyzing other people's relationship <laughs> problems is our specialty
2: oh absolutely oh, good
1: <laughs> okay i got nothing <laughs> um, do you do you have something or should i just start talking
2: well it's it's relationships are hard yeah. I I mean, uh they well part I would approach it kind of um the same way as a lot of other uh difficult things like that, uh, which is that, you know, th- it requires a lot of open communication and uh honesty about, you know, this being a difference of opinion. Um and you know, as as I think is if you approach it like, you know, I, I'm an atheist and this has a few set of this has a few implications of things that I believe differently from you as a as a Catholic. Like, are you OK with that? Do we need to uh, figure something else out, like uh, figure out some sort of compromise uh, and then discuss things as they come up um, I don't know, the, the Big Sick just came out, which was Mm, uh, a pretty good movie about, that we both saw about, um, you know, a, a more stark kind of divide between a Muslim family and kind of a maybe atheist, uh, relationship going on. Uh, that was easier though because I think they were both kind of less serious about their religion. Two male and right.
1: his wife relationships require like mutual mutual appreciation and respect and open communication and uh, they are difficult uh, and I'm sure anybody who's had who's well heck watched this show will let you know that uh, atheists talking to Christians right off the bat is not the easiest person in the world And when you throw in that you're trying to have these conversations, and also it bugs you that they won't, uh, you know, pick up their, you clean up their toothpaste or something, Uh, (laughs) then that just multiplies the difficulties of getting along with somebody. Uh, I would never say that it is impossible to make a relationship with different religions work, but you uh, both have to come to some sort of Understanding of what you both want out of your relationship with each other and be willing to basically back off when you're getting on each other's nerves. And depending on the seriousness of the religious partner's belief, they could actually believe that you're going to be tortured forever as a result of your point of view. And that's sad and scary to them, yeah. Uh And they can't necessarily just not talk about that, uh, but that's going to be the kind of thing that gets on your nerves. I'm speculating here because you haven't told us too many details about what made the relationship challenging, but I believe that it was.
2: Well, one of the details was that it was a gay relationship between an atheist and a Catholic, and Mm -hmm. I think that... You know that, got that
1: guilt.
2: Well, there's that Catholic guilt, and that puts a lot of pressure on you, I would imagine, uh, to kind of, you know, a deal, help help them deal with that guilt that you don't think that they should really even have, uh, because it, it's just it's from the religion, but uh, and and it's not from anything real, we'll say.
6: Um, and. That- that sort of was one of the things that was causing tension uh, because it's almost like um, he was trying to get me to feel that guilt too. Cause like hmm. we'd have like a romantic Saturday and Sunday he'd tell me, hey, I went to confession for last night and it's like, why? No, we have fun. <laughs> oh. It was a good night.
2: And I, I think it's, it's right for you to, you know, to be kind of uh... Upset that he feels guilty about that But you know Part part of the dating someone religious Is understanding that Even though that makes no sense You, you know Part of a, a relationship Is un, is understanding that Even if you think The other person's point of view Makes no sense You, you still gotta be like Alright well You for some reason Want to mess up your toothpaste <laughs> I don't get that But if, if that's important to you, okay, fine. Let's figure out how to deal with this toothpaste issue. I don't know why we've, we've settled on that because Russell and I don't have I, a toothpaste we, issue.
1: We don't. I just so, threw it out there. So, uh-huh. You're stuck on it.
2: Well, you, you brought it up and I was like, well, let me just continue with that. <laughs> so we've apparently invented a toothpaste issue. And then now I, we
0: have one. Now we have one. Now there's going to be a toothpaste issue.
2: Uh, but, but you know, it's important to say, to, to kind of approach things and say, uh, I don't, I don't understand this. This is not something that applies to me. But I understand that it's important to you. So let's let's try and deal with it on those terms and figure out some sort of compromise. And you know, even if you don't understand or agree with it, just be like, well, okay, I I, ex- I accept that. But also, don't do it in a way so that you absorb that guilt and you're like, oh yeah, obviously you feel guilty because we should be feeling guilty mm. it's, it's a tough it's a tough line to walk
6: yeah and i i think it would be easier if it was like a more progressive christian but catholic made it like super difficult to mm. overcome. yeah
2: overcome yeah.
1: and you said that this this relationship is not ongoing right am i understanding that or uh, no that that
6: relationship has ended it was um for reasons separate from that, but that reason def- uh, definitely didn't not play a factor. Like, it did <laughs> cause a lot of
1: tension with us. Yeah. Mm. Well, that that uh, can be difficult for sure, and I, I hope enough time has elapsed that you're over it. But, like, sometimes, uh, you know, it's way more... Given any two random people on Earth, it's way more likely that they aren't good relationship material that, than that they are so uh you know, keep trying you, you as long as you learn something, everything's good
2: yeah and there's there's no harm too in y- you are asking us for tips uh there's there's no harm in you know seeking out researched uh researched you know uh, sociology uh books and documents on the subject uh humans like to think that we're special, but we are. Easily researchable, and uh, that information can be congealed into uh, consumable forms.
1: Spoken like uh, yeah. a true psychology major. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, the,
6: the whole uh, humans are think they're individual, but they're pretty researchable. sort of reminds me of, like, horoscopes and Barnum statements.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Uh,
6: But, yeah, uh, I just want to say uh, thank you for talking with me and taking my call, and I really appreciate what you guys do. It's a very entertaining and helpful show to a lot of uh, atheists and theists.
2: Sure thing. Great. Thank you.
6: Thank you for calling.
1: Yep. Have a good day. Bye. Hmm. Well, okay, we got a Zen Buddhist in New York. Gary, how are you doing?
7: Ah. Good. How are you doing, Russell? Fine. Have you called before? No, I haven't. This is my first time calling. Okay, well, welcome to the, to the atheist long experience.
1: Time. I'm sorry. Welcome to the atheist experience.
7: Oh, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, very nervous. Um, I'm basically calling about something that I read a while ago, a few months ago. I think it was on a uh, website that Hemant Meta was, um, was, yeah, was um, you know, maintaining, so and um, likely I'm, he I mean, writes
1: everything. <laughs> He's just blogging 24-7, as far as I can tell. Oh. Friendly atheist at Patheos.
7: Yep. Right. Um, I, I was looking for the the, the quote that I f- uh, found before that was, was troubling to me, but I can't find it now, and maybe he's changed his mind on that issue. And basically what he seemed to be saying was that, uh, as I understood it anyway, I don't want to put uh, words in his mouth. That uh, the idea of enlightenment, um, as pursued by Zen Buddhists, is um, wishful thinking, and that there's no such thing. And I, I know, I know what um, Matt Dillahunty, how he uh, he doesn't have a good definition of what the supernatural is. And I'm guessing that maybe I guess I just I guess I wonder what your opinion is of uh, the the uh, the concept of enlightenment that Zen Buddhists um, try to pursue. I mean, do you think it's ridiculous or a waste of time? Or
2: Well, I, I would like to give something that's completely unrelated to your question. I apologize <laughs> real quick, I but I want to tie it back into Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> and religion's not liking oh. Dungeons and & Dragons, and I'm going to tell you this story.
1: I don't know if he was listening at the beginning of the show, but... Okay. Yeah, I, well yeah, it'll I, make
2: I, I, sense okay. to the viewers.
1: <laughs> I've never played Dungeons
7: and Dragons and I don't even like it, so but but oh well. How <laughs> well, do you know a, if you okay. haven't
2: played it? Yeah, no, it's
7: Well that's true. That's true. I just thought it just seems like I wouldn't like, but <laughs> that's, you know. I should try
2: it. You know, to each to each their own, that's fine. But I'm gonna tell a quick story. Uh we had a okay. monk in our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And we reached an opportunity where we all got to ask for a wish for something that our character really wanted. And uh, the monk asked for true enlightenment. And the monk okay. realized that he was just a Dungeons & Dragons character. <laughs> <laughs> because that was true enlightenment for that monk. Um, so... Not very
1: satisfying to the player, I bet.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, well, that was pretty. Sa- that was pretty good for the player because then, uh, from then on, they were just like we're just numbers. <laughs> we are we are just numbers on a page, and so he Man. was re- he was very depressed. He was very weird, you know, weird <laughs> meta funk afterwards. Um, but uh, to tie it back in, which is that you know, um, in In Dungeons and Dragons, Christianity has a counterpoint uh, which shows the weaknesses of Christianity because Christianity can't live up to that counterpoint. And I would say similarly, maybe, uh, Buddhism also can't live up to the Dungeons and Dragons counterpoint where you could wish for true enlightenment and achieve it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think a Zen Buddhist would, would say, no, that's ridiculous. You can't wish for enlightenment. You have to not wish for it, and then you'll get it. Oh, okay. That That's what Buddhists talk like. But, um, sorry.
2: sorry. Um, <laughs> well, I think part of it is that neither Russell nor I are qualified We're not to, versed
1: in the topic.
2: to to speak to Zen Buddhism. So while we may disagree with the idea of enlightenment I don't know that we would necessarily um, go so far as well yeah
1: but I mean I just thought uh, it occurred to me that maybe we should have started out on a different footing instead of uh, instead of guessing whether uh, enlightenment is or isn't a concept that made that makes sense we should have just started by asking what is Zen enlightenment and and if you tell us that then we'll tell you if it makes any sense. Mm. To us I, I, I mean have, you know no You name checked a couple me. of people who aren't us And said they don't agree with it But that doesn't mm. help because we're all Our own people
3: mm-hmm.
7: Well I, I I kind of I Getting back again to what I thought uh, Hemant Mehta said that I mean, if, it, if what he was like, saying is I, true. I mean, I'm just gonna
1: is, tell you here, nothing particularly against Hemant Meta, but I don't even know okay. him all that well. So, like, you telling okay. him, like, like you telling me what he thinks is, is interesting, right. it might be a good conversation starter the next time I see him, but, uh, oh. I mean, like, we don't all have the same opinions about things. Yeah, yeah he,
2: I was just and Hemant's say, got some wonky ones, for sure. <laughs>
7: I was just going to say that I guess I'm making the mistake of just assuming that he's representative of all atheists. I know yeah, I no, heard.
1: don't don't uh, make the mistake talk. of thinking any yeah, atheist is representative. Yeah, uh,
2: no, I'm going to let you in on an atheist that. secret. <laughs> uh, oh, <we> no, <laughs> don't tell that. him our secrets. Right, I'm going to let you in on uh, an atheist please, secret. Uh, atheists have 100? sex. We have we, S-E-C-T-S. Oh. Uh, we have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The other one too. We, we have uh, we have different denominations. I'll use that word, um, <laughs> but we uh, we don't have names for any of them, and they're all kind of loosey goosey. So they're,
1: they're informal.
2: Informal loosey goosey. D- d- we don't even have really names for them. So you know, he doesn't necessarily belong in our dom- denomination.
7: So I guess I guess, uh, I guess you, to, to, to sort of wrap it up, you're saying you really have no opinion one way or the other as to whether um, it's possible for someone
1: to attain well, enlightenment, whether it's a ridiculous pursuit or no. We did. I mean, we, you didn't answer my question. What is it? Yeah. What is this oh, thing that well, you're trying to get me to j- render an opinion on?
7: I I, I really I don't. I mean, I've been doing it since roughly the early 80s, and yeah. I really don't understand it yet myself. Oh, okay. So it doesn't even make sense to you. Well, it's not that it doesn't well. make any sense. It doesn't make as much sense as I would like it to make sense.
1: Okay. It's,
7: uh, it's, it's kind of uh it's, it's something that you can't really grasp, I guess, with your mind. It's, um, I guess it has
1: to do with, with – um, That sounds like a fancy way of saying it doesn't make sense.
3: Uh, Well
7: Sorry I mean, I I, I seem to be going through some sort of a spiritual crisis uh, Partly because I'm just wondering if it's really worth it um, All this practice I've been doing Am I really uh, getting anywhere? Should I just give it up?
1: um, So, I I mean... (sighs) Wow. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't want responsibility for, uh, for deciding whether you have a crisis or not, but I will tell you that there are a lot of different groups that will make a lot of different claims about how your, your life or your fulfillment in life, your basic ability to be happy and enjoy things is all dependent on you Accepting some truth that they'll tell you without evidence. I mean, the Christians will tell you that right. without any particular reason behind it, that you are oh, yeah, risking but... the loss of eternal happiness if you don't accept this Jesus character. But they can't give you convincing reasons for it. And I think, I mean, it feels to me like the Enlightenment concept is is a big deal although maybe the stakes aren't as high as choosing between eternal happiness and eternal torture but uh, but i mean it's still you still might want to consider that maybe it's just a marketing pitch that you've accepted like if you're uh, if you're unhappy oh, that you haven't managed to achieve this thing but but you still don't quite know what it is and you're not able to clearly see examples of it Maybe it's them and it's not you.
7: Well, it's something that says that it's not very easy to accomplish in one lifetime. Of
1: course, that gets Mm. into the idea. Yeah, but I don't have any evidence that there's more than one, so uh, that still helps.
7: Well, I don't don't believe that part of it either, but Mm. I I, I guess it's possible to achieve in one lifetime if you really uh, work hard at it.
2: Well, so uh, my my thought on that is that, you, you know, you've worked on this really hard, um, yeah, and' that's, that's not for nothing. I mean, well, not that, that's not nothing. I mean that was still an important part of your life. I would say you know that maybe that meditation or that you know internal looking into yourself, uh, self introspection right. those, right, right. those are important things and maybe that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a larger goal. Uh, of, you know, a vague enlightenment for you to achieve some sort of perfection. Uh, but maybe those, those exercises are still helpful or enjoyable or, uh, whatever for you. And that's, that's kind of, you know, without anything necessarily magical or spiritual that can still be uh, valuable and, uh, you know, a, a, a valuable way for you to kind of you know manage your life and manage your thoughts, and you know s- help center yourself in whatever way that means. Um, if you end up, if you will permit me one joke, if you if okay. you do find yourself
1: denied, <laughs> oh no, uh,
2: if you, if you do find yourself you know kind of giving up on all of it uh, and you need a new hobby, why not Dungeons and <laughs> yeah. Dragons? Oh, no.
7: no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't. I don't even, I wouldn't, wouldn't even know how to get
1: started in Dungeons & Oh, no, this is going to turn into, uh, like a like, a, a, an evangelical.
2: Evangelical Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> it's going be like,
1: have you heard the good news about yeah. Yeah. Uh, N'Zoth? <laughs> Sorry, wrong <laughs> that's, mythos, that's wrong but that's the mythos, only god that yeah. came to mind. It's fine.
7: No, I mean, how do you even get involved in the game? Do you just go online and sign in, or something, or do you need to buy something, or
1: what? You you look in ads for g- local groups that are doing public events. That I mean, I don't know. That's probably yeah. I would, would, do, I would say do.
2: you know, look for a local group that's uh, that's doing walk-ins, welcome uh, that sort of thing, and say that you're new to the game and. Uh, you know, you you can, you could roll the dice and and get a bad group that are too focused <laughs> on the rules, uh, or you nice, could you could look out and movie. get a group that's uh, really happy and and patient to explain to you the rules, and you could look for something that's a little less intense than Dungeons Dragons, <laughs> like you know so, some other tabletop or board games or whatever
1: or video games. I like video,
2: video games. Yeah. <laughs>
7: Uh, so the experience, I guess, uh, I guess, is similar to what what's uh, portrayed on um,
1: on um, the Big Bang Theory show.
2: Oh, neither Russell and I really watch <laughs> so, it.
1: I'll tell you another se- oh. secret: uh, oh. nerds hate the Big Bang Theory show. Well, <laughs> so,
2: really, I really? I don't want to speak for all nerds.
1: Uh, so, some nerds really like it, but, but... oh. Uh, I don't like the lap track. That's really annoying. But other than that, I like. I really like the show. Yeah, but I feel like we are in danger of losing the part of the audience that does want to hear about atheism mainly. So, uh...
2: yeah, I don't think it's bad. It just, it just feel everything feels a little like off about about that oh. that show. I'm just like, oh, that's not how that would go. Huh. <laughs> well, that's, that's
3: right. a, well,
2: that's just up to. That's a personal preference thing. Doesn't even.
1: Yeah. We're going to get a well, lot of email now who, okay. from people who are like, oh, I can't believe you said you don't like the Big Bang Theory because that's the <laughs> best show ever.
2: Well, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I just don't watch it, actually, so I don't really feel strong opinions about it. <laughs> but I've heard. Anyway, uh, thanks for
2: calling. It's very popular. Oh, okay. It is right, very popular. For, yeah. <laughs> yes, yep. thank you. I hope I hope okay. that this helps you. And if it doesn't, feel free uh, to call again. Good
1: luck finding enlightenment, or giving up on finding enlightenment, because yeah. that would be a very Zen thing to do too. I think. Ooh. Bye. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Um. Hmm. What do we got? Twenty-five minutes left. I think I have to take this call. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Although, I uh, can't be doing. 100% sure if it's real, but uh, okay. Ali in Lebanon. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello, am I, am I am I on air?
2: Yes. Yep.
0: Oh, hi. How's it going? Fine. How are you? Oh, okay. Hello, I was, um, I'm calling from Lebanon. It's a small country. I don't know if you know I, what it is, but it's a small country. I'm aware to, of it. Um, Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that's nice. I'm also um, so I have a few questions.
1: Okay. Um, okay,
0: So a few days ago, I learned about um, atheism and saying it right? I'm sorry, my English is not it's not the best. Okay. So I'm sorry if I say things that are wrong. But I learned about the atheism a few days ago, and I'm I'm shocked, to be honest. Okay. And not in a bad way, but in a very surprised way oh. about about the existence of like people who don't believe. It's very it's very shocking to me. And I found out about this after I'd fully read the Quran for the first time and I realized that there was a lot of things that are maybe um not the most nice and not the most, you know, moral inside of the inside of the Quran. I, I don't you know, I don't mean to say that but um in the way that it's very violent in some places. And it got me thinking, like, why, why do you not believe? What is your proof that there is no... That is what I need to understand. There is no doubt. What is What is your... Why do you think so?
1: Back to the first call topic again. Um, so... <laughs> So you're you're surprised to learn that atheism is a thing. I mean you're I'm sure you're well aware that Christianity is the dominant religion in the United States, right?
0: Yes. You know, the thing is with how I grew up I was very, very sheltered to these things. I only found out about Christians in in the fifth grade, and this huh. is the first time I hear about, you know, atheists. This is just it blows my mind really. Uh, really did you, like? I was not I did not know this stuff. Did you?
1: Uh, this, did you have access to the internet back then? Like, I don't know how old a, a guy you are. Um, yeah.
0: oh, I'm I'm 16.
1: Okay. But, oh,
0: okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I Got don't it. have access. It's just not something I ever uh, researched or considered, or it just it, it never entered my mind because ever since I was a kid, I was just raised this way. So it surprises me. But I, my first question was, because I have a list of questions I wrote down, and my first question was, what is the proof that there is no, you know what I mean? What <laughs> well, is the proof that there is no?
1: I, I guess you probably didn't hear our first caller where we talked about that a lot. But um, I think you are maybe asking this from the wrong point of view, because, uh, like, like uh, Muslims don't believe that... Uh, jesus was a uh, was the son of god or got crucified and resurrected is that right yeah so yeah. if if a christian asked you what is your proof that 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 you're right about jesus like that that isn't necessarily a question that you'd need to answer it would be, i mean i i'm expecting that what you've that your reaction would just basically be, well, that makes no sense. There's no, there's no reason to believe in this resurrection business. It's all something the Christians made up.
0: Okay, but how does that? I don't understand how that answers the question. I'm saying, what is the proof that you think that there is no God? What is your
2: proof as an atheist? Well, so if I if I could speak towards what Russell was saying, mm-hmm. um, he he was trying to. Uh, give an example of something where you and I agree on our perspective, uh, that you, you and I agree on the perspective that um, Jesus Christ uh, was not crucified and did not r- resurrect. And then we were trying to say uh, something like, that, that same emotion, that same thought and approach, we apply towards other things too.
1: Yeah, I'm, I was trying to make an analogy by saying you don't just automatically accept anything anybody tells you uh, at, uh, as definitely true, and so and and the more unlikely or outlandish, like Jesus being resurrected, the less likely you are to just accept it and look for proof to believe in those things. You don't necessarily like say, okay, I'm going to believe everything everybody tells me until i can prove that it's not true cuz then you'd have to believe in like you know ancient aliens and and unicorns and uh yes. the wizard of oz and and whatever other mythology so, and it, and i think it, it, that the answer is you kind of have a filter of uh, of not accepting things until they have positive proof for them
0: so what you're saying is that i have to prove the you know something before Okay, wait, that makes sense. So I have to prove something before you can accept it. But then, so what about, like, in in here where I'm trying to use, the word uh, faith is equivalent to, like, anin. So, like, Mm -hmm. like so where does, like, the idea of faith and stuff like that play here?
1: Um, I don't think... Right. I don't think that faith is a useful concept. I mean, I understand that in very religious cultures, like, uh, heavily Muslim societies or, uh, very Christian parts of the United States, uh, that people just say, well, it's a good thing to believe something even if you have no reason to believe it, because that proves that you're, that you're a good and open-minded person. But I actually start mm. from the opposite point of view and say, I think you should only believe things that make sense and have valid support behind them. And that's why I come to atheism, because I don't think that any of the reasons people give for believing in the Koran or the Bible make sense. And I mean, I've been looking, uh, you know, I've been talking to people for many, many years, uh, and I'm not convinced is the main answer. So let's say
0: that one day there is some sort of evidence. Would Mm -hmm. you accept the idea? Yeah, I mean, depending on how good the evidence is. Let's say you are very, very, the evidence was very convincing, Mm -hmm. Uh, like scientific evidence. Would
1: Would you accept the idea based on the evidence? Again, it depends, but hypothetically in this case, yes. Okay, so what
0: you're saying is, if I understood correctly, I'm sorry, Uh, but is that you have not found enough evidence to believe in Allah or, you know, Jesus or these types of things, correct? That's what it comes down to, yeah.
2: Yep. But we would if we did. But
0: but like, okay, so then why you said you don't use faith, but don't you use faith, for example, when you trust a friend with something or when you you give a secret to someone and you assume they're not going to say to anyone else, don't you use faith then?
1: Of uh, here's the thing so, uh, That is a certain amount of trust Yeah and uh, you don't always Have complete information about that Person's reliability As a matter of fact sometimes you tell something To somebody and ask them not to tell Other people and you're wrong So uh, It is but the results of Being wrong are not necessarily Catastrophic in that case And so uh, it's not Really a big deal like, uh, trusting somebody with a secret is low stakes, and nobody knows everything, nobody has a perfect amount of information. We're just trying to reach the best conclusion about the world given the things that we do know. Okay, man, you are making
0: a lot of sense, honestly. Um, uh, <laughs> um, okay, so two more points, and I'm, I'm sorry, but um. Okay. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, but no, we I love mean, this don't, call. No. <laughs> don't worry about it.
1: What you're saying is,
0: is making sense. Like, for example, when you said when you said about the the faith and all the like, uh, not using faith. Like, when someone goes to court, they don't use faith. Like, we need evidence to like make, make prove someone is a murderer or something like that. You know. So I I see where you're coming from. Like, evidence is important mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But. Um, <laughs> I, when I was talking to someone about the existence, and like uh, recently, very recently, when I found out about the stuff, I was talking to my mother actually, and then she told mm. me that she told me that uh, uh, the universe is like so. Everything in the world is so complex, like it's so complicated mm. that there is no way, you know, it could have been anything but God. You know what <laughs> I mean?
2: I I, I don't. know... Uh, well, I, 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 you're, I, you're doing a great job. Sure. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. I
1: just wanted to check. I don't want to step on you. Yeah. Um, there. So, lack of knowledge but, is one I, of the. I, elaborate this for
0: one second. Uh, okay. She told me about this. Like, she she heard about like. She told me if she found like a watch on somewhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, the oh, watchmaker the watch. argument. I, yeah. That was. I, I Google this. It's like something right. like or something along those lines. Yeah, so I heard about, but what I mean, it seems pretty convincing. The fact that if you had like a watch complicated enough, you'd assume it was, you know, there was some sort of like perfect being that designed it. Yeah, and same thing here. Yeah, so, thing well,
1: you're the, you're yeah. going with the complexity argument that uh, the more complex something is, the more likely it, uh, it is to have a creator. But here's the well, problem with
2: that. Ironically, it's a Christian argument.
1: But, well, yes. I mean, I I didn't want to. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I, I mean, Go on. But, you do your No, thing. yeah. I mean, that was invented by a Christian uh, uh, bishop or something <laughs> named William Paley. So, I mean, we're familiar with this stuff because a lot of these talking points tend to come up over and over again when, when we do this yeah. show. Uh, but... Here's the problem with what you're saying. Uh, if a god existed who is smart, you know, powerful enough and smart enough to create everything else in the universe, wouldn't that god be pretty complex himself?
0: Yes, I, I guess so.
1: So, by the same argument, wouldn't there have to be, like, a super god that created the god? Because, I mean, if there has to be a designer for everything complicated, then there... There even more has to be a designer for a god. Yeah, but usually... Okay, so when I was younger, I used to go to these like Uh like,
0: the equivalent of Sunday schools for these type of things, for Islam, essentially. I I used to ask these type of questions, like, who created God? But most of the time, they just say, uh, you know, know, God created himself. Why isn't that like... I don't know. It seems like it could work if God created himself. I mean...
1: I don't know. Just, I, I'm I sorry, understand. I didn't quite catch that. What was the answer? The answer was, you know, they just say God created themselves, and the answer oh. is everything. You, to this? you know,
0: that's not an answer, I, though. But, yeah, I was, right. Yeah, see, that's that's where that's where I always wanted. That's the, that's the thing. I always wanted these types of things, but I, I don't know. It's just
1: it, it, it's very weird for me. Yeah, I, like, I mean, to it's that really kind of. This. It's that kind of answer that, uh, that makes a lot of us atheists feel justified in withholding belief. Because if you poke at these supposed answers to all the questions in the universe, if you, uh, if you start with, okay, God exists, now what are the implications of that? And you start like turning over the implications and asking more questions, it doesn't take very long at all for religious figures, the kinds of people who are supposed to be the experts on this, to say, "Oh, that's a bad question. We don't we don't talk about that." Or, uh, no, no, it makes sense. He he created himself. Like, you know, the, you know, when when you ask, "Where did the whole world come from?" and somebody says, "God created it all." That feels like it's an answer to the question. But it's really just punting the problem down the road because, uh, you know, you quickly see that uh, when you answer that and then you try to ask, well, where did the God come from? The answers you're given seem like cop-outs to me. Mm
0: -hmm. So they're like avoiding the question more than actually answering
2: it. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you... And...
0: Yeah, Okay. one of the things that... Well, uh, that... I, I'm taking notes while you guys are talking because I want to, you know, not forget these type of things. Um, so um, when it comes to, like, the complex thing, so if so, you're saying that since God is more complex, then he's something else to has created God, yeah. I heard that down. Is that, is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Now, I don't know how is strict that... your family is or your religious sect is, but I just want to make sure you don't get into trouble asking these kind of questions. Uh, like <laughs> no, see, yeah, in Lebanon, in Lebanon, not, it's not—it's not that strict. Like uh-huh. I, I know, in like
0: Saudi, Saudi, yes, in Saudi Arabia, and stuff like that, they um, they kill people for not—they kill people for like not believing and stuff. But here, it's—it's it's pretty calm. It's pretty like okay, so it's, it's normal for people not to well, not, not yeah, to but, believe,
2: you but know, you you were shocked.
1: Talk to themselves.
2: You said that yeah, you were yeah, it, shocked it, it,
1: about it. it, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, like, I, um, you, you've it, made it 16 years without hearing that this is even a concept. So yeah. uh, so I yeah, just it, want to make sure you're careful when you bring it up to other people. Like, like I'm not saying that, that anything bad I, I, will happen to you, but yeah, I'm my, saying yeah. just be aware and think about it. Yeah,
0: the thing is, not, my name is not actually Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a different name. I an ah. anonymous name, just because... I don't want to be caught by my family or that, by, you know, that type.
1: That's fine. We don't want to get yeah. you in trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to be in trouble.
1: <laughs> thank, and thank um, you for being honest about your reasoning, be, uh, about your reason yeah, for... Just,
0: I, yeah. really, I'm just trying to understand how, how other people think. It's just, it's not You know, I, I don't mind being wrong and stuff like that, but it's just I want to understand how people think and stuff. Uh, yeah. Can I ask one question? The final yes. question. This, this is your time. I'm sorry if I took a lot of your time.
1: Sure. No, not at all. I'm happy to take your call.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, one. Okay. So I think I'm thinking if you have a person who doesn't believe, that means there's they they also obviously they don't believe in in the God and at the same time they don't believe in the devil and stuff like that in the shaitan. In the. But um. Sorry. What, what was that also, last thing? You also don't believe in the God, the devil, but you also don't believe in um. In the
1: afterlife, can I assume that is correct? That's true for us. Yeah,
2: yeah. I wish. I wish that. W- okay, so, I really wish there was an afterlife.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: but um, wishing for things correct. doesn't make them true.
2: Yeah,
1: that that is true.
0: Yeah, I wish a lot of things. Uh, but essentially, what I want to say is that what happens after that event, that's 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 my like. How do you deal with that? So what happens after? I don't understand.
1: Well, uh, do you believe that uh, animals have an afterlife? I I don't know what the Muslim position is on that. I don't
0: know. I really don't know. I can't answer that question. Okay.
1: Uh, I mean, do you have any pets? Uh,
0: uh, I have a cat, yes.
1: Ah. Uh, I mean, so a lot of religions have no problem believing that cats don't go to heaven or hell because they don't have a soul, and they just stop existing when they die which is a hard thing to talk, to think about if you personalize it, but uh, there are a lot of things that you're probably familiar with where um, they do some sort of process while they work, and then when they stop working, when they break down or they die or something, uh, they just don't work anymore. And that is really difficult for people to get their mind around because I've never not had, I mean... I've never been aware of not existing. <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, oh, yeah, you have. What? Every night when you go to sleep.
1: <laughs> yes, every night when I go to sleep, I die. Um, <laughs> a little bit. But, I mean, at least when I sleep, there's, there's a chance that I, I uh, have dreams. Uh, but as far as I know, when the brain stops working, uh, you don't continue the process of wondering what happens to you next.
0: Okay, so, like, so essentially there is, I, I feel like you are sugarcoating it, but um, essentially there is nothing. Basically,
1: so I mean, like, before you were born. Yeah, and, and I want to hedge this by saying, like, nobody knows for sure, but as far as we know, nothing happens after you die.
0: And what about the people that, like, you know, they die, and then for a few minutes they come back, and they talk about, you know, a lot of things. You know, they talk about how they saw, uh, you know, the Nabi Muhammad and they saw uh, oh, um, all you know, that. Oh,
1: knows that all about that. He's talking about, uh, like near death experiences. Yeah,
2: I near death experiences. I mean, well, when, when you're in that kind of situation where your, your brain's not functioning all that well, um, you know, it's, it's not functioning all that well. And you, you can kind of, it, it is, I, I brought up earlier, uh, to Russell, that it's like, that death is kind of like sleep. Um, and in that way, it is actually, again, like sleep in that your brain kind of dreams and it tries to figure out what is going on while it's in the process of, uh, shut, shutting down. Um, and it just, it just, uh, it kind of, it kind of dreams before it turns off all the way. And that's yeah, not an exciting exactly, thing. Exactly. If I could make maybe a, an analogy towards something a, a little less exciting, where the brain stops functioning in a different way, uh, if if you could imagine uh, someone maybe getting an injury to part and maybe losing part of their brain, uh, the the part of the brain that maybe you know controls body movement or something like that, you wouldn't say that that person's Soul uh, has lost the ability to move their body. You would just say, you know, they their brain is damaged and they just they can't move their body anymore because that part of the brain stopped functioning. And if you just extend that out to all of the parts of your brain, you know, the part of your brain that interprets speech, uh, the the part of your brain that sees visually, the part of your brain that hears, uh, the the part of your brain that uh, you know, interprets what's going on, all of those parts are just being damaged or uh, fa- falling apart slowly.
0: So, but is this, like, is it science, or are you just, do you think this is what happens? Like, do you notice what, mm-hmm. this is, that like you said, um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, you said when when somebody, uh, when, when somebody's, like, near death, is that what you said, that their brain, like, isn't really aware of what is happening? Like, is that
1: is that scientific, or did you just, like, think is that what happened? Yeah, well, uh, psychology is not an exact or perfect science, but there are a lot of things that people can do to analyze and measure uh, your brain activity. Uh, and, you know, if you... I I mean, you know, you are getting towards the age where you could potentially uh, go into a university and take classes on uh, things like psychology and neuroscience, depending on what's available where you live. And I think what you'll find is that a lot of the study of how the brain works involves uh, finding out which parts of the brain are firing as people are thinking or doing certain things. And the and there's a lot of research that's been done about that's been done on the topic. You can read about it even if you don't take classes on it. And I think what you'll find as you get into the subject is that um, your brain directly causes the signals to your body that make uh, that make you move around and do stuff and make you conscious. And if when parts of the brain die off, their, uh, the corresponding ability to do something with your body like uh, uh, shuts down also, which is why people get paralyzed, people go into comas.
2: That's what, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. It, it, I, I want to go back and say that I think that the question <laughs> you asked is a good question. Mm-hmm. You know, How do we know that that's what the brain mm-hmm. is doing? How do we know that it's not actually... You know, actually experiencing those things. So I'm going to pose a question for you. Um, Can you think of some sort of like experiment or question that we could ask that could determine the difference?
3: Well,
0: um, (laughs) uh, I I, I don't know honestly, no, I I think that is
1: one of the most important questions to ask yourself whenever you have a question like that is uh, is to ask, okay, so there's this thing I don't know. What kind of test could I do to tell the difference between whether it's true or not? And then the next question you should maybe ask is, uh, has anybody already tried this? Let me look it up.
2: Yeah, and was, I was <laughs> cheating when I asked because... Uh, one of one of the things that people have studied with mm-hmm. this is what do these experiences look like? Because if this was a true thing where, you know, we, we go to an afterlife after we die, we would expect them to be consistent all across the world. And it turns out that those That's experiences are, are not necessarily consistent. They tend to um, reflect what the person's religious it, belief is.
0: That's what I was thinking. Is that you know when I hear a Christian has a near death uh, experience, they mm-hmm. see you know Jesus. But when a Muslim has a near death experience, you know they see you know they see Allah. And then when a Buddhist, uh, you, you, you see what I'm saying. So I, I don't know. That's just is this what I was thinking. But
1: uh, yeah, and, uh, and that's anyway, pretty uh, weird, right? Wouldn't you think that there would be at least some you know, Christians it's, who it's who said, "Oh, I saw Allah. I think, that's think, I'm changing my mind for, over that."
2: Yeah, doesn't no, happen. Yeah, I think. And there's always think, a, a I mean, way,
1: Jesus. I, I, I mean, I think,
0: to be honest, when people talk about that, uh, I'm sorry for my language, but it is bullshit. You know, it is not real. <laughs> no, no. <up>. I've,
7: <laughs> by all I, means, I swear away.
0: Think, <laughs> uh, yes. But, um, but essentially, you know, um, I just think I'm, I'm scared that, like, you know, a lot of the things that people have told me and people have, like, explained to me my life is like not true you know what I mean? Because I grew up very sheltered and this type of thing so I'm just afraid that a lot of what has been taught is like not true and stuff so that's essentially why I I called and that's that's why I'm asking this question.
1: Hey Ali, I hate to say it but uh, we have a time limit on this show and we have have hit it. Uh, it. But do not apologize Uh, for taking up our time because uh, I hope you call back and, yeah. and talk to us some more another week.
2: Everyone's I'm, clapping
1: for you. With more questions.
0: So, uh, yeah, All right. of
1: it's, Well, it's we're a on good every
2: question. Sunday. Right, yeah, you. you can email us, too. Call back with it, for sure. Thank
0: you for your All time, right. and uh,
1: thank you for opening my eyes. See ya. Oh,
2: <laughs> Thank you. Bye.
1: That was very sweet.
2: Yeah, that, that was some, <sighs> some good conversation for A lot of people sorting through stuff today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of different things getting sorted through. I like when that happens. Uh, That's our show. Uh, We are done. We're going to Star of India for some dinner. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.
2: Dungeons and Dragons.
1: (laughs) Nerd. This is Russell Glasser, host of The Atheist Experience. You know, The Atheist Experience is made possible by volunteers and the generous support of viewers like you. If the promotion of positive atheist culture and separation of church and state are values that you hold, please consider contributing by becoming an ACA member or visiting our product page at evolvefish.com under the partner tab. Thank you.